people. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's January 26, 2022. As always, we are streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Tap the notification bell, subscribe, etc., etc. And ah, I can't lie to you good people. In the real world, it's actually January 25th right now. But on Wednesday, January 26th, I have a bunch of meetings at Rumble's new headquarters here in the free state of Florida. So this is a pre-taped Q&A. I couldn't lie. I, I, I know I could've. I could've. The magic of the internet, pre-tapes, things like that. It looks like a live stream. But the truth is today is yesterday and tomorrow is something, something. Um, Next week, we'll get back to our normal Q&As on Thursday situation. Obviously, just a lot going on here with Studio Move and building out things and getting my furniture in the house and a whole bunch of other things. We will get back to the regular schedule. Uh, before we get to the Q&A, we found a great clip. You know, I've been trying to do a little bit more of this. These old clips, old video clips that you can find on YouTube and other such places. Uh, we found a great clip. Uh, it's actually about a nine-minute chunk from uh, a congressional hearing, a Senate hearing between Joe Biden, then Senator Joe Biden, and that guy who you know I dig, economist Thomas Sowell, uh, talking about voting rights and racism and a bunch more. We're just gonna show you a 30 second clip up top and discuss it for a little bit and then we'll dive right into the Q&A. Uh, but before I do that, did you guys know that restaurant quality steaks can't be bought at the store? That's why you need moinkbox.com. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find in prepackaged meat in the meat aisle. Sign up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben. Get a year of filet mignon absolutely free and then pick what meats you want delivered with your first box. Change what you get each month and cancel anytime. You guys know how much I love steaks, so we could not be more excited to receive our first package and are eagerly anticipating grilling up a delicious new steak dinner in our home. I just gotta get my smoker here, it's on the way from LA. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. They guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Is this gonna be demonetized? Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now and our listeners to this show will get a free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. But for a limited time, spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben. That's moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, so I've been trying to do a little bit more of this type of thing so that we don't just get lost in the minutia of the day and oh my God, they said this then and then that person said that and cable news and everyone's bananas. Some time-tested videos that have been out there for a while that I think can help us frame how we got to the sort of crazy place that we're in right now. Uh, this is a Senate hearing from about 30 years ago. This is Joe Biden questioning economist Thomas Sowell on race and voting rights. How about literacy tests? 
Was it judicial? I, oh, I, I, I see no, pro- no reason why people shouldn't be literate in order to vote. The question is, if you have a black who comes in with his degree from Harvard and the uh, man behind the desk says, no, you're not literate, you can't vote, then this, this, you see, this is what bothers me. People are talking about how judges should be sensitive to this particular group or yeah. that particular group. And if that means anything, if it means he's applying the law differently, that's precisely how blacks were held down for generations in the South. So literacy applying t- the law differently. Okay, so that's just a small 30-second bite of about a nine-minute full exchange between Biden and Seoul. But I, the reason I wanted to play it today was I thought it's just such a perfect explanation in some ways of how we got here with identity politics, how we got here with this neo-racism that is basically just everywhere at this point, right? What Seoul is saying is, you know, uh, we should not care about someone's skin color. So if you have a literacy test and you make a Harvard educated lawyer take that literacy test and the the white guy can just walk in and do his thing, uh, then that would be a problem. But you want the law applied equally to everyone, individual rights, equality, not equity. It's just so perfect. And you can even see right there and you see more of it in the fuller clip where Joe Biden, he wants to somehow frame it that everything is racist. This is unfortunately what I now see the liberals have been doing for a long, long time. Here you have a conservative, really a libertarian economist just saying, hey, equality for everybody, no special tests for anyone to be able to vote. If you're legally here, you get to vote pretty great. And then unfortunately, you've got the supposed good Democrat liberal who uh, was at Robert Byrd's funeral, former, what was he, the grandmaster of the KKK? Uh, Yeah, something like that. Uh, You know, basically the implication being, oh, you somehow want it to be harder for black people to vote because you must be a self-hating black man. I think you got the point. All right, let's get to the Q&A. There's a whole bunch of questions today. Uh, Billy says, I feel guilty that I got a pass on the OSHA mandate, but healthcare workers got the shaft. What more can we do? Uh, This is a great question. So you may remember about a week ago, the Supreme Court struck down one of the two mandates. So the one that they struck down was that companies over 100 employees uh, we're going to have to force their employees to be vaccinated. That uh, lawsuit, as you know, was led by the Daily Wire and Harmie Dillon and great work. I'll give you some applause, Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro and the rest of the guys over at the Daily Wire. So that one was struck down. But at the same time, and I believe it was Brett Kavanaugh, believe it or not, it was his deciding vote on this. They left in the mandate if you work in the healthcare field. Now, I mentioned this last week when when this all went down. I mean, what seems odd to me about this is that if something is constitutionally your right, if you have a right to medical privacy, if you have a right to free speech, et cetera, et cetera, then it's a right regardless of what field you work in. Now, I have not read Kavanaugh's entire uh, piece on this, so I can't give you the full insight into what his thinking was. Um, However, that being said, obviously you guys know my opinion on this. They should have struck everything down and then leave it up to people to make the right choices. You don't want the government forcing the healthcare companies to do certain things. Now, if a hospital had a policy that wasn't being forced by the government, would I love it? Would I love it that the hospital would say, hey, to work here, not only if you're a doctor or a nurse, but a janitor or an administrator, you have to be injected with something. I would not love that policy, but I think 
this is what freedom is all about and choice is all about. And other hospitals could say, hey, we don't do that. And then people could get other jobs. And as I always say, that's just the messiness of freedom. It's not, it's not a perfect system because we're not perfect. We can't create a perfect system, so, but you have chance to move around and say, hey, I don't wanna work here. I don't like these policies. I'm gonna go there. This company could come in and say, hey, we have better policies, et cetera, et cetera. So I could leave some of that to the, to the businesses themselves, to the hospitals, et cetera. Um, but the idea that the government is coming in and saying to these healthcare companies, hey, this is what you gotta do, it doesn't seem quite right. Your question is, what more can we do? I guess just keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. And actually, when you go to the doctor, um, you know, say to your doctor, hey, can I take the mask off in, you know, me personally, even though this isn't about you wearing the mask at the hospital or at the doctor's office, it's like, hey, can I take the mask off when I'm sitting in the um, waiting room, let's say. Like the more we do to show people, hey, we want to go back to real life, I think that's, that's like the bottom way up of looking at things. Like when you just go out and live your life, and then eventually the receptionist might be like, hey, you know, I, I don't really want to wear the mask either. Then they might talk to the doctor, and the doctor may be like, hey, you know, I, maybe I should talk to my three partners. And it turns out, the three of the four of us don't want to wear masks. Like, I think there's a way to do this that isn't just like, ah, the machine has to save all of us. Wayne says, what's your position on the Ukraine fiasco and how do you think Biden is handling it? War in Ukraine, when will it start? So we'll obviously cover this more. You know, I haven't touched it that much because it just feels messy and gross and dishonest, uh, the media coverage of it. Long story short, I mean, I think you guys get the, the basic bones here. Putin is about to invade Ukraine. This has been going on for a long, long time, uh, basically trying to sort of reinstate the old USSR. Um, the question is, should we do anything and what will we do? Now, there's this idea of NATO, right? This idea that this giant, you know, international fighting force is going to save anyone. And, you know, if one NATO country is attacked, then we all will do something. The simple truth is that's just nonsense. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. It's either the U.S. does things or nobody does things. That's just the reality of the world. In some ways, that's nice because it gives the U.S. a real flexibility in the world in terms of trying to get our ideas out there. However, our ideas right now ain't that great. The guy in charge obviously uh, isn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, et cetera, et cetera. So look, I don't want us to go to any wars. I don't want troops on the ground defending Ukraine against Russia. Putin's obviously a bit of a loose cannon. I mean, you know, do we have a red line? Does Biden really think that he can scare Putin into doing something? It seems like they're just gonna take Ukraine, and I don't know that we're supposed to do anything, even if it's not the right thing. Even if it's not the right thing, I just don't know. I think America is so screwy right now. We have so many internal problems that this is the catch-22 when you're the, the last remaining superpower. If we don't do it, nobody will. As I said, NATO as an organization does not do it. It's like, is France gonna go in there and do it? No. Is the UK gonna go in there and do it? No, obviously, right? So it's like, if we do something, then maybe evil doesn't spread. On the other hand, just doing more of the stuff that never works doesn't work either, and they kind of end up hating us either way. So maybe we have to, hey, clean our own room first, perhaps. Uh, Maggie says, hey Dave, any news on how us and locals can join in through monetary investment in this new Rumble adventure? I'm so impressed that so many big names have jumped on the locals bandwagon, and I look forward to learning how a bundle subscription uh, to having a bundle subscription so I can be part of more creators' communities. So first off, we are working on the bundle thing. 
You guys have been asking for it a long time. This is so that if you subscribe to me and you subscribe to Scott Adams and Greg Gutfeld and Dan Bongino and whoever it is, that you're not just endlessly paying more and more and more. We wanna figure out a way to discount that. We're trying to do some sort of ranked thing based on who you interact with the most. It's, it's very complex. We have to get all the creators to sign on to do something like that. So we're, we're working on it though. We're working on it. As, as I said, although this appears to be live, I pre-taped this yesterday and I'm actually at Rumble right now and I'm having meetings and I might be having a meeting about this at this very moment. Uh, your larger question about investment, you know, look, I cannot give you and I would not pretend to be any sort of financial expert and I truly can't give you any uh, advice in terms of investing or that sort of thing. Uh, however, uh, the CFVI stock, uh, which is Cantor Fitzgerald, uh, it's the SPAC that Rumble went public with. Um, it's out there. It's out there. That's really that's really all I can say. I, I believe in this company, which is why we did this merger between local locals and Rumble. Um, but I can't really say any more than that. But you should do your due diligence and your own research. And maybe we can just build this parallel economy and save the world. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Mark says, satorical question, are jackets still required for podcasters, journalists, politics people who are speaking online or on TV, especially if they live in Florida? Ahem. Yes, I'm still wearing the jacket in studio. We discussed, I think we're going to start doing some, some evening shows as well. So, the, you know, the daytime show uh, our 11 a.m. show will be sort of the news show that you guys always know where I'm just bringing you the news and we're just talking it out and all that. Uh, but you may remember last week we did that test show here where I was just wearing a regular shirt and I had a Paloma and it was a little more casual. I had my nice uh, evening in Florida background behind me. Uh, so we will mix it up. But I do think, I think if you're going to communicate some of these ideas... Uh, in a mature way, which is what I try to do. And, and as I always say to you guys, I'm not trying to bludgeon you with all this stuff, but if I'm trying to communicate with you in a, in a, in a decent way, in a professional way, then I should look the part. Like, yes, I could be wearing a t-shirt right now. Like, obviously I could. Then that's not to knock any of the guys that do something roughly like this that, that wear that stuff. I mean, Rogan does his show mostly in a t-shirt. It's a different vibe than what we're doing here. I like to think that I'm sort of like right on the cusp, sort of between like, the, the online world and something that is mainstream. I would never want to be mainstream. I would never take a job at a cable news organization. I really, I assure you that I am my own boss. I run these companies. I, I love what I'm doing here and, and owning all of it and all that stuff. Um, but I think there's a way to, you know, it, it, it is that stand up straight with your shoulders back, you know, wear clothes that fit, you know, do your hair right, look good. Like, and then, and then I can communicate some of those things as opposed to, you know, just coming here and greasy and sweaty and, old ratty t-shirt. So yes, I am wearing a jacket. Got it at Nordstrom Rack, this one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Deborah says, did you see that the FDA is pulling the use of monoclonal antibodies? Please comment on this. Are they trying to kill people? So if you didn't see this, it's just in the last couple of days, the FDA, so at the federal level, they're basically stopping monoclonal treatment. Now, I told you guys, when we got to Florida right before Christmas, I got COVID, David got COVID, bunch of my employees got COVID. I was able to get monoclonal treatment here within an hour, basically. I hadn't even tested positive yet for COVID. David had tested positive, really wasn't feeling well. I was a little achy or whatever, and we got monoclonal treatment. I then had ivermectin, and I was basically okay in a couple of days. It did take David a little bit longer, uh, but the point is that there were these, uh, basically there were these units set up throughout the state where you could go and get monoclonal treatments. And, and if you couldn't even get into one of those, there were ways to do it privately, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
they've decided to stop this. The federal government does not like you having the ability to find alternative treatments. So the question is, why is it that they want everyone to get vaccinated and double vaccinated and triple vaccinated and boosted and then still wear a mask and now wear an N95 mask and still not go out if you live in DC or LA or New York City, et cetera, et cetera. So are they trying to kill people? At this point, I don't know what the hell these people are trying to do. I really don't know. But I think that the pharmaceutical companies clearly, clearly these people who have lied all along, if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID nor transmit it. Lie, repeated by the president, repeated by Fauci, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, why are these people... They, occasionally they get hauled in front of Congress. That doesn't do anything. But, but these people should, should be shamed, relentlessly shamed. You have a right to make healthcare decisions for yourself. And if you can get monoclonal treatments and there is plenty of evidence that they work, um, you know, that at least they were working before Omicron, it's sort of up in the air how, how effective they were with, uh, with Omicron, but they were certainly effective with Delta. And even if they're not really, it's like they're just jabbing us with, with stuff to be injected with that we don't seem to really know much about. So why are they stopping this? I mean, that really is the question. So are they trying to kill people? I don't know if they're trying to kill people, but I think they just are trying to shift everybody to become zombies who will get a monthly subscription to their vaccine. Brad says, with the population reconcentrating itself based on political philosophy, are we nearing a moment where we have fully opted out from interactions with those we are out of alignment with? To what end? I mean, you know, I talk about this one a lot. It's like, this is, this is dangerous in some ways, and it's scary in some ways, this idea that America will sort of split into potentially two very ideologically different countries. Like there's something very scary about that. It doesn't seem like the United States of America, certainly not the word united. Uh, on the other hand, maybe this is right. And maybe this is why America is actually standing up better to some of this authoritarian nonsense than say a place like Australia or certainly a place like Canada, other countries that we really thought were free Western countries that don't have these great options. You know, there's, there's different provinces in Australia, um, but they don't have 50 states that can make decisions for themselves that it is laid out in our founding documents that the states are supposed to do most of the stuff and what is not specifically given to the federal government as authority is left back to the states. This has been the great chance of America. I mean, imagine if we did not have states' rights right now and the Biden administration and the FDA and the NIH and Fauci and all of these people had just been putting these blanket draconian laws and edicts, they're not even laws actually, these edicts uh, over all of us. We'd be in really bad shape. I I would be uh, probably not smiling here in Florida, right? Because it wouldn't matter whether I was here or not. Uh, But instead we have states' rights. So a guy like Ron DeSantis can say, hey, 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 we're not gonna do any of this bullshit anymore. I don't care what you say. And we're gonna give our people monoclonal treatment. And now the federal government can impede on that, getting to the previous question. But they can do everything they, they can within their power, the governors that is, to, to run their states the way they see fit. So thank God this is happening. So I think we need more and more of that. I do think we will see more and more of a split. It's just how it is. I also think we'll see a real split between the city centers and the rural centers. It's just gonna happen. People, freedom loving people, how could you be a a basic freedom loving person who wants to decide how you wanna live, make choices for yourself and say, I'm gonna live in New York City. That seems like a good idea. 
I'm gonna live in Los Angeles, I'm gonna live in San Francisco, et cetera, et cetera. So the freedom-loving people will get out of those cities. The cities will be inundated and basically overwhelmed with people who love the system. And then the system is gonna need more money from people, but we know that the system's not very good at creating jobs because no people will wanna create businesses in these places. So, in, so look, it's sort of inspiring and it's depressing at the exact same time. But I, I think the inspirational part is that perhaps we don't have all of the answers right now for everything, but you know, for you guys watching this, it does mean that right now, we still have a chance to live in places that are more in line with our views. That has, if there's anything that I have actually put into practice in the last month and seen for real, like that is it. You have a chance, you have a chance. Find that place. Like if you're not happy where you are, find that place and then, and then don't just survive. If you're living in a place that you're not supposed to live in right now, you're just surviving. But go somewhere else and thrive. That, that really is it. Uh, Jenny says, it occurred to me at work today that I have to wear a mask while sitting in the same area as my coworker, but if we went out to lunch, I could sit maskless. Any good houses for sale near you? Yes, well, first off, the Florida market is booming. There's a lot of houses near me. There's tons of construction. I've got a guy, uh, the guy who built my house in Los Angeles. I'm trying to get him here to start building here in Miami. Like there's just so much opportunity everywhere, everywhere in Florida. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm technically right now, although I'm live to you, I'm actually in uh, Sarasota in Rumble's new headquarters. Sarasota's blowing up. That's on the, the west side of Florida. Like the whole place is blowing up. So look around, but really to the, to the, inconsistency of what the policies are. That's really what you're asking about. It's like they make you sit inside, now you both have to wear a mask. You stand up to go to the bathroom, you have to put on the mask, you sit down at the table, you can take the mask off. You're on an airplane, you're sipping water, you can take it off. Uh, in between bites, you have to put, like, it's all bullshit, it's all nonsense. And we just have to stop participating in the lie. Just stop participating. None of us want to participate. You know, I've noticed actually, when you go to airports, there's almost no security around. There's no, at least at the airports that I've been to in the last little while, Miami airport, Fort Lauderdale airport, which by the way, those are federally, federally controlled things. So this has nothing to do with Florida specifically, but LAX, uh, the Nashville airport, like there's not a lot of security around when you're just walking around an airport, like watching you, making sure that you're wearing a mask. So sometimes you see people without masks and I usually take my mask off and then people kind of look at you and they nod and they smile or you get a thumbs up or a let's go Brandon or something like that. And it's like everyone else is just sort of either not thinking, they're just doing what they're told and they're sort of clone soldiers doing what they're ordered to do, or they're sort of all doing it to each other. It's something like that. Like you just do it because everyone else is doing it. And then you, if you were to look around and go, well, was anyone forcing us to do this? Well, I guess there was a sign somewhere, but like there's nobody like, you know, gonna come smack you, right? They're not, they're not dragging us off to the gulag yet. Uh, Cynthia says, I thought I heard that Bill Maher was gonna have you on his show or you were gonna be speaking with him uh, with him somewhere at least. Is my memory broken? I don't know that I fully mentioned this and I'm not exactly sure what I'm allowed to say, um, but I will say I was booked on Real Time a couple times originally for Don't Burn This Book and then one other time after that and uh, maybe one other time. So the two or three times I've been booked, they I, it got canceled for whatever reason. One time was definitely COVID related, so I'm not... I'm not blaming anybody, is what it is. 
Um, there may be something coming perhaps in the next month or so with me and Mr. Marr. And by the way, I would just say to that, for those of you that watched the show yesterday, if, if you didn't, I would really recommend you watch the first 20 minutes because I had some shit to get off my chest. Um, that none of my criticisms of Bill Maher are an attack on him personally. Um, this is a difference of political opinion of two guys that I think were old school liberals that have now gone down that road and then the road forked. And I think we've gone in separate directions on that, but maybe not even as much as it may publicly appear. So I would love to just talk that out. I really mean that. that that's it. This is not about taking someone out. It's not destroying somebody. It's not about fighting with somebody. It's about what are, if the ideas that we believe in, I mean, I wrote a book defending classical liberalism, which is what is, is the very set of ideas he believes in, as far as I can tell. Um, it's like, if we can't have that out, then, then maybe these ideas aren't that strong in the first place. Uh, Drew says, could you give us your thoughts on the Trump versus establishment internal war for the GOP that we are seeing? Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I've spent a lot of time over the last couple of days talking about what's sort of happening on the left, that, you know, we know that the left basically has, has been just decimated by the wokesters and the identity politics people and the progressives and really socialists. I mean, right, really, that's what they are. Show me a Democrat politician who, in effect, isn't a socialist, whose answer to everything, their answers to everything are always more and more government, right? That's what they are. And then there's this tiny, tiny sliver of people who have no influence in the party, in the base, in the energy of the party. This is the, the good liberals types, the Mar types, who are trying to say, oh, no, no, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. We shouldn't be the neo-racist, wokeism is bad. But there's no political evidence that what they're doing is working. And I've been arguing that they should be voting for conservatives and just be sort of the liberal wing, let's say, of the Republican Party, something like that. Uh, but your question is about the Republicans. And there clearly is now, well, you know, I don't want to say it's clear, actually. It's not quite clear. There is some level of a split between sort of the Trump base, right? The people that are the true MAGA people who show up to events, who absolutely are going to vote, who are the energy, who are the Twitter people, that thing. And then the sort of more traditional Republicans. And, and by the way, this split here, they had it out already five years ago when Trump ran the first time because they were never Trump people. They were the more traditional conservatives. But then again, there were people like Marco Rubio, let's say, or Rand Paul, who did not like Trump at the beginning, who ended up supporting him because they ended up liking a lot of the policies, okay? So I think this is where we can do so much better than what the left and the good liberals are doing, where there is no way this thing can work out, right? If you have the base saying you're all racist and then this other group saying, no, we shouldn't be calling everyone racist and then they call you a racist, like that thing cannot work itself out, which is why I'm trying to, to talk about this with Bill Maher and Barry Weiss, et cetera. The other, on the other hand, the wide tent of conservatism, where there can be some libertarians who, let's say, uh, want to legalize weed. Can you want to legalize weed and still be a conservative? Now, a, a traditional religious conservative may be uncomfortable with legalizing any sort of drug. But of course, they're usually not pushing for prohibition, right? They're okay with alcohol being out there. So we have to have this conversation. And I've never been around a bunch of libertarians and or conservatives and gotten into one of these debates and people have been like, no, get out of here. We're not gonna talk to you, you're racist. So there is a willingness to discuss these things. As I often bring up, uh, Rudy Giuliani 
is a conservative, obviously a Trump supporting conservative. He happens to be pro-choice. No one's saying he's not part of the conservative movement. That doesn't mean that the conservative movement should be fighting only for pro, uh, should be fighting for pro-choice policies. But the point is there's a wide 10 of people. That's the beauty of individual rights, folks. That's the beauty. You accept that there are different people than you out there and that you don't have dominion over them. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet indeed. Uh, Guys, part one of my interview with Marco Rubio, maybe we even talk about this a little bit, actually we do, uh, is up right now on YouTube. The full thing is up, of course, ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. And I will be back live, and I mean live, in studio tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.